Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on following the word, living the word, and doing the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. So I don't forget. But let me tell you all something. What I what I will say is I got such a spirit of expectation uh, this morning thinking about Pastor Tisay, who is going to be leading us this month on Wednesday, back to the basics of the word of God. And so as we are returning, if you remember when we started in the new year, you know, God said that we'd be going back to some basics, right? Because as we return to him, there are foundational things on our journey that we have to make sure that are are rooted and founded. And so um, I'm just grateful for her and excited to hear what the Lord has imparted to her. She also, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, her first co-exhibition is happening this weekend in Los Angeles. Is it in Los Angeles proper, Pastor T? We can't hear you, boo-boo. I think you muted. Uh, I see you actually, good morning, everybody. It's, it's actually um, in Victor, in, um, where am I? In Apple Valley. At the, Valley. at the um, San Bernardino County Museum, the Victor Valley branch, and uh, to God be the glory. It's, uh, it's actually my second curation, but it's my first one, first physical curation. The first one I did was um, right. virtual. So to God yeah. be the glory. Come on, you guys. Can, can we talk about this just for a second? See, a lot of you don't know Pastor T as long as I've known Pastor T. And Pastor T was not a painter, okay? Pastor T, some of you don't know, in her former life, she was a comedian as well as, an, I mean, an amazing script writer. You have seen some of her work in shows. Some of y'all don't even know she wrote for A Living Color, and she's, in a, she's actually in a skit. So I ain't going to tell you which one. <laughs> But she was on in Living Color as well. I know. Five. Oh, five. Yes, five. My favorite one. I have a favorite one. So let me just. Um, she was a, a, a writer. She has an amazing book. If you do not have this book, who wants to talk about the book? It is amazing devotion. Come on. Come on, Minister Malcolm, because we're going to talk about the gifts in here. Okay. Oh, Morning Manna. Morning is Manna. Business. Every person who works in an office, who has tea in the morning, call, you need to have a copy of Morning Manor by your bedside. It is an incredible, uh, spirit-filled, um, real time with the Lord. And we have, like, I'm glad you said we have so many gifts because Pastor T is an anointed writer. Nice. And reading her books is something that you can literally read in one sitting. It's that good but it's a lot to chew on literally. And um, I, I, I just, I just, I just, I thank God for Pastor T and her and, and her yeah. gifts because we're blessed to have her in this fellowship. That's so, my- I know a lot of, amen. I'm, that's the best endorsement. We're gonna leave that one right there. As many of you have Jesus calling and let me, let me tell you, I love Jesus calling. You know, that's the one that you get saved. Everybody tell you, go get Jesus calling and let that be your devotional. It's amazing. But please, let me tell you something. Morning manna, for me, is right up there with some Jesus calling. Okay? Okay? So if you're looking for a new devotional, 
It's on. It's still on Amazon, right, Pastor P? Yep. So you can go to Amazon, and you can purchase Morning Manna by Tisha Griffin. But she transitioned even from there. God moved her forward, and she is now a painter. I was there when God stopped the, the comedy and moved her forward. I was even there when she was like, well, this is not the season anymore for writing. And I was even there when she stepped away from show business, from the, the arena of producing shows. Y'all, she has produced Black Girls Rock. She worked with Steve Harvey. Like, don't get it twisted. But she has given her life over completely to the Lord, to our Father and said whatever your will is and let me let me be clear there was some there was some opportunities there was some things that even the enemy tried to tempt her with but she understood what god was saying and calling and requiring and that is important for all of us to know in this space because thank you holy spirit the doors of opportunity are about to open i just heard that from holy spirit the doors of opportunity are about to open. Now, let me be clear. When I say opportunity, I'm not talking about doors of financial windfalls. That's not what I'm saying, okay? Because a lot of times when, when, when someone is saying, oh, doors of opportunity, you know, we immediately go into financial increase. That, that can happen. But what I'm saying, there's some doors of opportunity, um, things, things you've been praying for, things that you've been asking the Lord to, to do and to open on your behalf. And there are going to be some doors of opportunity that he is about to open for each and every person on this screen. Guess what? A door of opportunity could be a conversation you needed to have with somebody. A door of opportunity, you know, could, could be closing a door that you, come on, that you have been unwilling to close. A door of opportunity could be a new position or could be a new relationship. A door of opportunity could be reconciliation and restoration. There are prayers you have been praying. And oftentimes what I realize is that when I have been looking for God to do something, I've been like, do this, God, instead of God, create an opportunity. Create the open door. Create the moment. Create the situation. And that's why I always say, I'm never afraid to walk in a room or have a conversation because I already believe that God has prepared opportunities, has already prepared a, 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 a path for me, and also that God will reveal what's not for me. And so I love that God opened, opened up from the inside out because what God did first with Pastor T is what we all have to let God do with us first is first create the gift in me for me. Hear me, create the gift in me for me. She started painting <laughs> in Apple Valley in her home for her. As an offering to God, she began to move her hands. She started drawing, and then it went into painting. A woman who didn't paint or draw. Look, she's shaking her head. I know she didn't paint 
or draw. But she cultivated what God was doing in her for her first before she began to share it with anyone else. So that the time it was, so at the moment it was time to release it, she understood what God had, had breathed on it, what God assigned to it, what God required for it, and what the meaning behind it is. So often God gives us creative inspiration or a, a new idea or a business, and we're ready to just jump, and we haven't let him created in us for us first because the truth of the matter is if we don't do that then we can't really fully speak to the very thing that we're trying to present to someone else it's the same as this gospel it's about us so it must first work in us it must first live in us it must first be activated in us it must first be applied in us it must first be revealed in us it must first work through us so that then when we go out and offer it to someone else, it is truth that we are giving. Not my truth, not your truth, not their truth, the truth. We are handing them over. The truth of God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and Holy Spirit, and saying that there is one truth because my Bible says his name is Jesus. For he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except they come through him. But we first have to let God finish us before we're trying to run and tell everybody else. And so she cultivated this gift in private. And now God is releasing it publicly. Because there is, there is ministry, the word ministry, diakonos, which means to serve. There is an offering on her paintings. There is an anointing on her paintings. The word of God is written on her paintings. And so a, a, a moment of, of something she's never done, now God has curated on the inside of her a new experience. Because here's what I love about God. God knows that she's a creative being. Not everybody is creative. Pastor T is a creative being. And so here God goes and he starts pulling away, right? Parts of her creative being that at one time were her livelihood. Can we be honest? Those things paid the bills. Can we be honest, Pastor G? <laughs> and yet God said, I'm doing a new thing. What's the, what's the next line? What's the next line? But can you perceive it? And I know that when painting, drawing, in the beginning, she couldn't perceive it, but her obedience, and that's the thing. Can I say this? That even in the moment when God begins to release something to us, even when I'm not sure, what I am sure about is God is not a man that he would lie. That God is faithful and his word is true. And we must come into agreement with what he's saying, even when we cannot yet see it. But once he 
says it. We need to start using our spiritual eyesight to see what has what is yet to be manifested here. And so by faith, she took a pencil. By faith, she started to, to color in. By faith, she bought uh, paint brushes and canvases. And by faith, she started to paint. And I remember she was like, it's not good, it's not. But she kept going. Uh, do you like it? It kept going, kept going, kept going. And little by little, God was like, okay, now share it. And we saw the first on Instagram. And then God allowed her to produce. And then he brought her back in. Said, okay, you see that, now come back. Now I'm about to amplify the gift. I'm about to grow and develop it. And you need to know that my name is written on it. What God has assigned for you, his name is written on it. What God is establishing in you, his name is written on it. What God has planned for you, his name is written on it. If you remember, I asked a question last Saturday, do you see what I see? And we've got to stop and go, God, I don't, but show me. And so little by little, the vision began to open. And I remember one time she said, yeah, and I believe I'm not even going to sell these paintings. And I remember hearing her say it and I didn't say anything. But God began to stir and show me something else. But I understood the space that she was in. Because here's the thing, y'all. When the fellowship, can I say this? When you realize the plan of God and the assignment of God, the fellowship with him and that assignment can be so sweet and so intimate. And because we remember the last things we've done, we can sometimes be like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this should be shared. I'm not sure if there should be a, a, a dollar sign. And let me tell you, everything is not going to have a dollar sign on it. Not everything. But then God begins to say, hey, this is this. Can I tell you, this is a ministry. We have all confined that word to a location and a service with songs, with testimonies, with preaching, and a benediction. But our lives are to be life of ministry, which means servant, serve, that picture of waiting tables. And so everything we do, he says, let everything we do be unto the Lord, unto God. That the work of our hands are to honor him. And God has given her this gift and this gift is making room for her. Let me tell you what I know. The art on the wall is gonna start a conversation that leads someone for then her to now step into her function as a teacher. To then walk them into a relationship, engage them in conversation about God his word, his son, and his spirit. As someone sees her painting, the, 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 the spirit of God is gonna hit them. 
Because here's what you need to know. And this is why God, if you've noticed in the last 10 years, God has really been raising up prophetic artists. Does anybody know about prophetic artists? Have you seen them? Sometimes they're in um, in services and they're on the stages and they're painting. But the reason why God is raising up prophetic um, 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 artists and painters, can I tell you why? Because painting speak. I was just in LA, was that a week ago? TV, uh, over a week ago? myself and and via and um, evangelist Suzette and I had to we had to, I had to go do something and we went to someone's house and we walked in the house I didn't I didn't see they had this massive painting on the wall but when we walked in they had this beautiful view so I looked at the view I came back I looked at the surroundings and we sat down and where I was sitting the picture was over there so it wasn't like I could you know I could even see it from my peripheral and so when the owner came back she came back with a new painting and she said, oh yeah, this gentleman that was there, he said, yeah, he, he looked at the picture and said that that picture has some, 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 some evil, evil look to it. And so then I got up and I literally said, oh yeah, I see that right there. And then I see that right there. And then, and she was like, oh my gosh, because art speaks. And so the artist's emotions are on the canvas. If you've ever seen Picasso's work and really get into it, you will understand he didn't like women. He had a skewed view of women. He was a misogynist. He was an, he was an adulterer. <laughs> but he saw women as less than. And yet he has artwork all over the world and we adorn him and revere him. And I'm not saying he isn't a great painter, but you need to understand that everything speaks. And when you create, whether it's music or art or media or dance, whatever, or in your writing, whatever you are creating, the emotion, your emotions, your stance, who you are shows up on that page, shows up in that work, shows up. Can I tell you this? You're even, even on your job, wherever you are shows up there. And because we are the first masterpieces on display, because we are the masterpieces created by our father, because we are the God reflectors and we were created in his image. How we, ah, thank you, Holy Spirit. How we hang ourselves, speak. How we display ourselves, speak. How we put ourselves out, speak. So the question is, what does my masterpiece say to someone else today? The masterpiece that I am, the, the artwork that I am, the creation that I am, crafted and designed by the creator. If someone were to see me hanging, 
someone in a, in a art, in, an, in, a, in, a, in a museum or a gallery, and I was standing there as representation, what would my masterpiece say? What would it speak to them? What would it move them toward? What would it convict them by? Or, or would it just be something they walk past because it still looks like everybody else? I'm supposed to be a living epistle. I, my masterpiece is supposed to be read by men and what should be etched in my masterpiece is his word. What should be discovered in my masterpiece is his way. What should be conveyed in my masterpiece is his will. And what you should feel when you see my masterpiece is the power, the presence, the authority, the dominion, the love, the mercy, the grace, and the fruit of the spirit of God. My masterpiece should cause you to shake if you're not where you're supposed to be. My masterpiece should cause you to, to feel a conviction. My masterpiece should call you to ask me, what too must I do to be saved? My masterpiece, my masterpiece should shake the foundations of hell still surrounding you. My masterpiece should bring you out of darkness. My masterpiece should draw you to me and not repel you from me. My masterpiece should never cause you, cause you to feel that I'm entitled. My masterpiece should not condemn you. My masterpiece should not tear you down. My masterpiece should love you and uplift you and encourage you. My masterpiece. That everywhere I go, because he says, he says, that I am his masterpiece, that I must show up like that. The first time I went to Paris, everyone kept asking me, did you go to the Louvre and see what? Come on, does anybody know? Mona Lisa. I said, no, I didn't come here for her. <laughs> and right, this portrait, we are fascinated by these portraits. My husband collects art, loves art, but he buys art that speaks. He buys art and he waits to see what, what, what the expression is. He buys art that tells, tells the story. When we were not, we were just friends. I had just lost my first husband. If you come to my home, there's this, this uh, piece of artwork he, he, he bought me. And when I saw it, I could not speak because it articulated exactly where I was. And literally, it's a woman, I'm looking at it now, standing at the edge of a cliff. And she is literally like about to like almost pass. And if she, if she falls, she's falling over. And there are these hands that come under and lift her up. And I felt, I was like, that I couldn't articulate to anybody. I'm literally right now being held up by God and God alone. 
my husband just died. I'm literally being held up by God and God alone. And I, God, you cannot let go of me because if you let go, if you let go, I'm over the cliff. And can I tell you that there are people who have watched your lives, watched you allow God to hold on to you or you to hold on to God that caused them not to jump off their cliff, caused them not to take that next step, that next strength, that next hope, that next anything, cause them not to commit suicide, cause them to come out of a place of darkness and spiritual oppression, because you were the masterpiece they were watching. And we are all a work of art. He is still creating our tapestry. He is still putting new colors. He is still creating new shapes and rhythms and flows. He's stretching. The canvas is growing. The picture of you is enlarging. And you are coming into greater view than you've ever been. And as others see you, you now begin to see yourself as he does. Beautiful, lovely. I love, I wanna, I wanna thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I wanna read a portion of scripture. It's found in Ecclesiastes. And it, it always, it does something to me. Let me get it here. Ecclesiastes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And so after he lists all these different times, in verse nine, it says, what do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. Ah, verse 11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. He has made everything beautiful in its time. We're in the time of beautiful. I literally just heard the Holy Spirit say, we're in the time of beautiful. And so many of us are struggling with identity still, insecurity still. And he is continuing to develop you. Please understand, none of us arrived. None of us have arrived. He's continuing to bring us from glory to glory, faith to faith. He's maturing us. He's deepening us. 
He's pruning us. He's stretching us. But you need to know everything that was once ugly, it's the time of beautiful. He's making it beautiful in his time. And the time of beautiful is here. The old has passed away. And for some of you, you've got to give it to God and surrender it today. This is the last day. You saw it says we toil. We're toiling over things that God has given answers to. Toiling over things God has given provision to. Toiling over things that don't serve us anymore. And, we, and we've seen the direction. We've heard the word. We, and he says, I'm making it beautiful now. Will you just receive the beautiful? Can you receive the beautiful? It's hard to receive beautiful when it's been ugly a long time. It's been hard a long time. It, it, it is, you feel weighed down a long time. But you, you, you and I, we're his masterpiece. And any work of art that they have ever called a masterpiece, beautiful is always associated with it. You are lovely in your father's eyes. You are chosen. He delights in you. He is in love with you. He yearns after you and for you. You are known by him. And he rejoices over you. You are not a mistake or a mishap. You were curated and cultivated in the heavens. You were conceived in the mind of God. You were designed and etched and carved and molded and prepared even before you got here. And he always saw you. And he always loved you and he always waited for you and then the day came where you chose him and all he did was welcome you back to a home that always belonged to you he he's in love with us he's in love with us that that alone that alone does something every time I think he's in love with me and not a superficial human love, not a love that is just based on infatuation and feeling. He's acquainted with who I am. And guess what? He was in love with me. Even when I couldn't see myself, he was in love with me when I was, when I was, um, in self-deprecation he was in love with me when I tore myself down and beat myself up he was in love with me when no one was in love with me he was in love with me and I I couldn't see it but now I see and so he is he is making opportunities for all of us to be on display. Miss Lynette in school right now, you are on display. 
those of you who are in, in corporate America, please understand you're on display. You don't get, and here's the thing that we got to stop saying is, you don't, we don't get a break. We don't get to just jump back into our humanity. We got to stop these excuses of this is who I am. No, that's just who you were. That's what you used to do. That's how you used to talk. That's how you used to play the game. But who are you now? How are you hanging now? How are you representing now? How, how, how? How are we representing our God? That word beautiful in, in Ecclesiastes, it means, I love it because it means the very thing, beautiful. It also means this appropriate and fitting. You are fitting. It means handsome. It means sleek. You ever seen a, a car you like that is sleek. Anything that sleek, can I say this? It has a shine to it. It has a shine to it. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. We're going to the book of Matthew. Go to the book of Matthew with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you, God. I love you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ah, thank you, God. Mm. Ooh. Give me a second, y'all. Thank you, God. We're going to want to read some words to you that just in the message if you're if you have your phones. If not and you have your Bible, praise God, just read along with us, just read along with us. Anything that is sleek, it shines. We're supposed to shine. We are supposed to shine the light of Christ. We're supposed to shine as reflectors for God. He's making you beautiful. He's making us beautiful. Mm-mm-mm. So we're going to go into the Beatitudes. We're going into the Beatitudes. I love how God moves and speaks. Let's go to verse 13. And like I said, I'm, I'm reading this from the message. It says, let me tell you why you are here. It's Jesus speaking. You are here to be salt seasoning. Julie, Julie. 
salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your youthfulness and will end up in the garbage. 14 through 16 says this. Here's another way to put it. Ah, this is where I want us to go. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. Can we just stop right there? You're here. We're here to be light. We reflect the God colors. And we're to bring the colors of God, the beauty of God, the splendor of God, the, ma the majesty of God in the world. Can, let's, let's just stop for a second. Think about it. God used 12 tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel, right? But each tribe had a stone. You know that? They had a, 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 a stone that represented their tribe. We now represent God's tribe. This is why the bride of Christ is not just one race or ethnicity. So not only did he create us uniquely and different to display all of who he is through all of us, we also, the God colors his character, his attributes, his beauty, his splendor. It goes on to say, God is not a secret to be kept. This is one of my favorite parts. He says this, we're going public with this. A pub, as public as a city on a hill. I make you light bearers. You don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? Let's stop right there. How many times have we been hiding? How many times have we been isolating? Now, there's a difference between God calling you to himself, a difference between retreating for a moment to be rebuilt like Jesus did, right? When the spirit of God led him to the 40 days and the 40 nights, there will be those times where we need to come back to the filling station. But how dare us be hiding? He said, I call you light there. You don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on the hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. I'm gonna keep reading, but we're gonna stop right there because many of you think that you're that 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 the hilltop or the light stand is some famous place. You think that 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 hilltop or that light stand has to have some reputation behind it, has to have some notoriety with it, has to have some people who who know something or about something. Baby, at work you're a hilltop and a light stand, so shine in your family. You're the hilltop on a light stand, so shine. In your community, you are a hilltop on a light stand, so shine. Come on. In your friendships, in your relationships, you are the hilltop on a light stand, so shine. There's a brilliance that comes to the children of God. Are you shining, Masterpiece? 
And are you shining bright enough that it attracts people to come to where you are? See, we, there's a lot of times we've been pursuing to be where someone else is, to get what someone else has, to do what someone else does, and you are forgetting, you have not recognized, you are already a hilltop in the space you occupy today. And there will be other spaces that you will occupy, but you are to go there and to be a hilltop on a light stand to shine. How dare us hide any longer? How dare us keep secret? How dare us keep our mouths closed? Now I'm gonna say this, if you're not shining, you better be quiet. And if he has not yet finished you, you better stay still. But if you know, that it's been you hiding you and not God keeping you and finishing you. If you know that you've been walking in fear and trepidation when he has afforded you the opportunity, the position, and even the places to be a hilltop on a lampstand, it is how dare you another day not shine. We take this moment for granted. We take these opportunities for granted and we do them haphazardly and casually. We're not thinking about the other people, not thinking about who we're called to serve, not thinking about the boss we're called to work for, which is serving, not thinking about how essential we are in the space and place that we are assigned to right now. So we don't do it with our whole heart. We don't do it as unto the Lord. We look at it as just another job and another duty. But your first job and your only job is that of a child of the king, your vocation. Remember I said church is not a location. It's a vocation, people. You, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the whole congregation of God, some of you are still so trying to get back to a building and God's trying to cultivate you into becoming the bride. He's not coming back for the building. The Bible says he's coming back for the bride, but if the bride is not shining, he's not coming back yet. Trust me, we have entered the beginning of the end of days, but we are not anywhere close to the end of days. Do people have to still question why you're here? Or do they understand just your presence? Your mere presence is a necessity. Your mere presence is a necessity to that business. Your mere presence is a necessity to that corporation. Your mere presence is a necessity to that ministry. Your mere presence is a necessity in your community and your family and your friendships. Because guess what? If you don't come, they stay in the dark. If you don't show up, they stay in the dark. Oh yes, it costs. Oh yes, there will be some frustrations. Oh yes, there will be some challenges, but you better stay on the hilltop on a light stand and shine. And then there's a the next part. He says this, and keep open house. Be generous with your lives. See, a lot of us are okay with being generous with our things and our finances, but that's not what it says. He says, keep open house and be generous with your lives. 
You have to be an open house. We are the houses of the, are we not the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do we not house the, the, the Holy Spirit, the power and the presence of God live on the inside of us? And so I, we, I, I have to be generous with my life because it's not my own anymore. It belongs to him. We can't keep saying that, but not doing that. My life is not my own. I give it up. But am I generous with my life? Am I available? Because you know what? God is always. Can I be dependent upon? Because God is dependable. Can I be consistent? Because he is. Can I be faithful? Because he is. So it says, keep house, open house. Be generous with your lives. I love this part. It says, by opening up to others. You prompt people to open up with God, this generous father in heaven. Please understand there are going to be thousands upon thousands upon thousands, millions really, that their prompting is going to be a child of God that opens them up to want to know God. How will that happen? If we're hiding, how will that happen if we're not generous with our lives? How will that happen if we're not shining? How will that happen if we will not be, be finished to be on display? How will that happen if we don't follow his commands and his precepts? I am a masterpiece created by God, saved by Christ and still being crafted and molded and shaped even the more by the Holy Spirit. They are in love with me. They are concerned about me. And the same is true for all of us. How will you hang? How will you be displayed for God and his kingdom? Any questions, comments, or concerns? If you were on here in the very beginning, didn't I say, Ms. Lonette, I have no idea what God wants to do. But in this fellowship, God will always get the glory and God will always lead. Holy Spirit will always be in charge of our mouths as teachers and leaders here. Here. Any questions, comments, concerns? I, 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 I first of all, I'm speechless. Um, yeah. Just, just speechless. Um, I, I wanted to share as you were speaking, Apostle, the the image of a canvas mm. that has been scraped over. Sometimes you're working on something, especially. Mm. Yeah. And you're like, eh, that's not it. And you scrape over it, but you still have this residue. Yeah. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is mm. wants those of us, those among us who are still um, dealing with the residue that's called shame. That's good. Those of you who are dealing with shame know that yeah. the blood of Jesus 
acts as a gesso. If any of you paint, you know that gesso is something you put over right. and it blots out. There is no trace. There is no evidence mm. that there was something that there, there was no evidence of your mistakes. There's no evidence of your past sins. It's no evidence of that thing that you did yeah. to that you're, that's holding you in hostage in shame. Know that the blood of Jesus mm. Christ has gessoed you so that yes. he on top of that, whatever that used to be, it's gone. You are a fresh canvas. This was so rich, mm. Pastor. Oh my gosh. Just, Amen. I'm just again, speaking to those of you who are still operating from a place of shame. Know that you are cleansed. Know that you have a brand mm. new, God, God has given a brand new surface so that he can paint on your life. God bless you, that was so good. Thank you, God. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You were our launching pad today, so thank you, thank you. Miss Diane, I see your hand. Oh my word, I just had to pull over. You, that, again, this week, every single word, Pastor, it's, it's just, I just, God's just, Sorry to say, it's just using you so amazingly. It felt every single word about us, you know, it's time for us to come out, time for us, our, our light to shine in the darkness. And, um, you know, he was speaking to me through Isaiah 60, arise and shine for time, you know, for your light mm -hmm. to shine and give God the glory. And this is, you know, to shine in the darkness. This is the time it just felt like that was a, you know, that was, it felt like a, a clarion call that you were, um, you were declaring today it it's so strong it's so meaty i i'm so grateful and i just want to say thank you that was amazing 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 thank you thank you thank you thank you and i still i'm just sensing too god is god is really stirring this word in us there's a stirring over this specific word in us and so uh, even as we're speaking, if you're, if you're hearing something, share it. That's anyone. This is, this is, this is a, a marker word for us. There's something really heavy on this. I don't know if anyone else senses it. There is really a weight of God's glory on this word. It, but it, it's an activating word. It, it's going to activate and unlock some things. I really want to thank you, uh, Pastor T, that word shame, for speaking specifically to that, that word. Uh, Miss Lynette, then Elisha, and then Julie. It's just amazing to me how, like you said, when you came on, you didn't really know um, what your word was going to be today. And it just manifested through talking about Pastor T. Faye and what she's done in her life and where God has brought her from and where he's taken her to, to just giving us an amazing word of how beautiful we are in God's eyes and how we are his um, workmanship and how we are his art piece. And it, it, I just watched it. I just watched it and I, I saw it coming together in a different light than I've ever seen a message. So I just, it was amazing. It was amazing. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 
you know, I, I tell you all the time, I'm I'm never going to get up here and lie or, or think I got it all together. I don't. I wait on God. I wait on Holy Spirit. And if I don't, if I don't have, I came on here and said, I don't know. I have no idea. But what I know is he's faithful. And what I know is he meets us every time we come expectantly and every time we come on one accord. And we do that. We do that. I'm astonished every week how God meets us. So thank you. Thank you, Elisha and then Julie. Um, so early on in today's, um, message, you started sharing about, um, opportunity and doors being open and how we need to, um, you know, continue to pray for that opportunity and to pray for that door to be open. And this time, um, what God showed me is, um, the doors to an act like a city. So like they're as tall as trees and the doors mm. that like you need more than one person to open it. Um, and that's what I saw. Any other time I've heard of a door, you know, being open, God closes doors, he opens doors. Mm. In my mind, it's always been in inside of a house, right? Mm. And I'm going from one room to another one. And this time, I mean, it's not like I've ever been to a city that was enclosed in doors, right? <laughs> but I, mm -hmm. I saw it clear as day um I don't know if that's just for me or if that's for everybody but um, I just want to share that amen 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 Julie hi I'm actually I'm walking out of the store thank you so much pastor wow awesome word straight from the lord and savior <laughs> but I want to come out of the store so you can hear me um I love everything about the word, um, speaking my language uh, in so many ways, but <clears throat> particularly when you were talking about how we're art, how we are God's masterpieces, of course, him being the master and us just being the piece of the picture. Um, we have to be really careful. This is what the spirit was telling me. And um, I'll just say it. Um, be careful because while artwork speaks to us um, each individually and personally, we have to be careful. I have to be careful not to take another person's interpretation of what they are feeling, thinking, or seeing in me and then ascribe that to God's purpose for me, God's um, plans for me because sometimes you can just going to use a painting as an example right the artist might be like you said like picasso what what he was painting was you know what he, whatever he's feeling whatever he's thinking he's putting into that artwork he's pouring into it maybe on purpose or inadvertently and then i could stand in front of that and say wow i just see flowers and love and and happiness and joy and really what he's experienced what 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 he's expressing is pain and so um things can just get lost in translation i think for me just it's, it's just underlying and underlining and highlighting how 
crucial it is to just stay close to God. And while I understand that I am a light, and I was just speaking to my sister, and I know I've said it a few times over this past, you know, it's, it's been rep repetitive for me. It's like, I, I keep saying the world is dark. It's darkening for a reason. And, and, and it's, it's so we can shine. And those who want the light will be drawn to it. This morning, I got some amazing news from a, a, a sister of mine that was in a, in, a, in a bind, and I had been praying for her. And um, she gave me this amazing testimony that she had just gotten this grant that she had totally forgotten that she had applied for, and it's making it possible for her to move. And then <laughs> I was just in the bathroom, and I opened Instagram, and on Instagram, she's talking about how she consulted her astrologer. And I was thinking, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I was giving her these great affirmations of how when you're faithful and you trust God, you, you, um, you surround yourself with people who can encourage you and be a light in your life, that God will bless you. And she took that light and uh, she turned it a different way. And, you know, it's, it's, here she is saying, I know you're blessed and I know you have this experience and everything. You turn around and just... You know, use it however she saw fit. So, you know, I just, I think that's probably part of it. Just that's resonating with me because it was just not, I won't say shocking, but just definitely disappointing, you know, to see that. But for sure, I just, I just um, wanted to say at least, or at least say, speak it out loud to myself. It's like, don't let somebody else tell you what you look like to God, you know. <laughs> Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes, don't let anyone tell you what you look like to God. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you. I see Minister Malcolm and Tardia. Minister Malcolm and Tardia. Um, Pastor Kai, thank you so much for uh, your obedience. Um, I think for me, what's resonating is as a man, the word beautiful, I don't think I've ever understood it in the way that I heard it today. Um, there are certain words that I think in the world, they may be associated with the feminine. And so you rarely hear the word beautiful associated with men. And so when I heard you say and define beautiful as beautiful, appropriate and fitting, and then you said handsome, sleek, shining, anything that sleek shines, I was, I was like the Holy Spirit had just opened up to me that maybe I've had difficulty with the word beautiful as it applies to me as a man. And that hearing that just is opening up something for me that I wasn't anticipating um, because you're just, I, I don't know how to say it, but just the, I just feel like there are words that when you talk about men and women, they just are not associated with each other which is not even the word, right? That's what the world has defined. So for another man to be like, you're beautiful, it would yeah. be like, are you gay, right? Like that, that's literally how the world would attach that word. But when you talk about how God sees us as his masterpiece, his artwork, his workmanship, I just, for me, am just opened up to a complete greater understanding and just reminded how important it is obviously to study, 
but to to really look at a word especially when it's in the word and to understand what it means for us today now and and not make an assumption about that word's definition as you've heard it in the world so i just want to say thank you because that that just really has me thinking about all the times that somebody particularly women have said you're beautiful my wife saying malcolm you're beautiful and not really receiving it because of what I thought it was associated with. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And let's can I can we take a poll? Let's be real. How many how many of us women have been uncomfortable with the word beautiful? Like I, I totally get what you're saying, um, Minister Malcolm, and I can definitely see it even more for a man, right? But like you said, when we realize, oh, it means I, I'm I'm sitting, I'm 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 appropriate, right? I'm I'm handsome. I'm you know, right, but this is to God. See, we first have to understand how God sees us, because that then creates an impenetrable wall that no one can break. the The, the hard part is we 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 come into this world not knowing what God thinks about us first, and so now what's happening is we're having to reframe right what we've learned and that's gonna i mean we're gonna continue to be doing that and so i love how you said that like to be able now to to take it and own that to say beautiful beautiful is not is not relegated to a gender beautiful is for all of humanity not only to see but to stand in and to know that we are Right? We've all seen beautiful things and have used that word. But now when you look in the mirror, when we look in the mirror, and can I say this? Something that is beautiful holds value. It holds great value. And God values us greatly. And when we understand how much God values us, let me tell you what you will stop doing, letting other people devalue you. Take advantage of you. Speak unkindly to you. Doesn't mean you'll become arrogant or a bully. You just understand. I'm a reflection of my father. Ah, yes, Pastor T. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. That's Romans 10, 15. And that's, oh, that's what you do, Minister Malcolm. You are beautiful, sir. I love that. Thank you, Pastor T. And to all our brothers on this call, you are beautiful. God has called you beautiful. You are fitting for the kingdom. And you fit here. And we continue to, to be in awe of God through you all. So thank you, Minister Malcolm. Ms. Tardia, Ashley, and then Trev, and then Daphne. Ms. Tardia, you're up. 
um, what, what, what kicks, what's, what's sticking to me, what's kicking me is what Pastor Tifei said about shame. The shame for me, I don't know if it's shame, but it leads to rejection. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, in regards to my artistry, I, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm gonna be rejected. And I don't need to be afraid of that. I limit my sharing because I haven't cleared it with the Lord yet, just what it is I'm supposed to do. I know that he wants me to do it, very clear on that. But I don't know what that is now because I'm changing what I'm doing as far as business-wise. And, um, you know, that, and I, I do, I do stifle myself out of rejection if they're going to like it, you know, if they, if it's something that can be sold, you know, and that's my own insecurity and my doubt. So that, that really stuck with me and I didn't know what that was until today, but I know that. Can I speak to something? Yeah. It first starts with you, not the product, right? Not the business. Yeah. That rejection is in you about you. It now manifests because you're doing something. Okay. Right? So now it, it's, will they like this? When the real thing is, will they like me? Will they receive me? Hmm. Okay, that's something to ponder on. Yeah. So and that... I've been there. I've been there, Miss Tardia. I think a lot of us have been there. Mm -hmm. Where what we're producing brings up that feeling of rejection and fear. But if we go to the root of it, it's I'm afraid of them rejecting me. Because you have to understand this business is you. What you're creating is coming from you. From me, yeah. If they reject it, it's a rejection of me too. And this is why we have to know who we are and whose we are. And know the times and the seasons for when we're supposed to step out with things. That's why I said we've got to let God finish establishing in us who we are, our identity in him, the masterpiece that he is creating in us. And this is your time of beautiful, Ms. Tardia. And to really allow God to deal with that, as, I, as Pastor T said, that residue behind, the, behind mm -hmm. that, that last piece that will allow you to stand in confidence knowing because I'm accepted by my father, it's all the acceptance I need. Mm -hmm. I taught you all before the word favor, the real definition of favor, if you study it out, is his acceptance and his kindness. And he used to always, I used to always be like, well, why would the angel of the Lord call Mary favors, right? If this was just, uh, uh, you know, like th th this was a blessing. <laughs> right, this was, I'm sure that when the angel of the Lord came to young Mary, she did not see having a child from God, never been touched as a blessing, right? 
or as his unmerited favor. No, but when we realize that that word means his acceptance and kindness, then it changes. It's, oh, God accepted Mary and his kindness would be with her. This was his kindness upon her. And you need to know that God accepts you, Miss Tardia. And we have all, Miss Tardia, all of us clamored for the world's acceptance, clamored for the people closest to us' acceptance. But until we stand in the acceptance of the Lord, the acceptance of God, the acceptance of Holy Spirit, the, the Godhead, only then do we find real confidence, or as Minister Malcolm would say, Godfidence. It is in his us receiving his acceptance, knowing that it's true, us receiving his kindness, his love, his grace, and his mercy, and no longer seeing ourselves as we were, but as he sees us now. Ms. Tardia, you are accepted. And you are wholly loved because you are his beloved. And so I pray right now to that root of rejection. And I seek that today God uproots it and begins to plant a new, a new, a new, a new tree in your life. One where he is the foundation. Not what was, not what they said, not what, but he is the foundation. And that that tree bear much fruit. Because you remain in him. That the shackles of shame be loosed from you now in Jesus name. That every tormenting spirit from the past be released and broken off of you in Jesus' name. That that old reflection in the mirror no longer be one you see when you see yourself, but that you see yourself with the eyes of God and through the eyes of God, which is steeped in love. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you, Ms. Tardia. You are loved. You are accepted. Ashley, Trev, and Miss Daphne. Um, for me, I was just going to piggyback on what uh, Minister Malcolm had said. Since I was a kid and all through my adult life, um, the word beautiful was uncomfortable for me. It actually, in my mind, beautiful meant complete. And I would mm. tell people, if they say, oh, you're, you're so beautiful, I would say, no, no, no. I'm pretty. I'm not beautiful. Mm. I didn't like it because then I was, I would become uncomfortable to the point where I would make people uncomfortable about saying that word to me. And even just sitting here and just listening, it was like, whoa, so he does think I'm beautiful. But I have never really looked at my masterpiece. I have mm -hmm. spent my life 
putting up other people's masterpieces and making mm-hmm. sure that theirs mm-hmm. hang correct. Yeah. Who else? Who else? Because I know I, I've done that. I've hung up everybody else's masterpieces all around me, making sure they stay right, 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 Ashley. When they start to get lean, we're putting it back straight, making sure it's mounted correctly. It's in great mm-hmm. view. Go ahead. And, that's a word. And that's what I am. I don't even know what my masterpiece looks like because I never unveiled it. Mm. So for me, it's like it's just a fr- it's an empty frame. Um, and I'm I'm going to start praying to see my masterpiece, like yes. find the gifts that are for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I have my mom used to tell me all the time, Ashley, stop giving your gifts away. Like I would give presents away if someone gave me something. I'd be like, oh no, here you go. Someone else needs it more than I do. And I used to get whoopings because I would give my stuff away. <laughs> um, and so now it's like, I get it. Like those gifts were meant for me. And mm. that is really uncomfortable to hold on to. And so when mm. you say, oh, you know, to put up your masterpiece and I'm like, I don't know even where it is. I don't know what it looks like. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna enjoy trying to find it. Well, here's the thing, you don't have to find it. All you have to do is say, Lord, show me, God, show me. Because your masterpiece has already been created. It's not, right? It's still, there's more he's gonna add to it, but it already started. There's, there's already color on the canvas. There's already, already hues on the canvas, shapes on the canvas, beauty on the canvas. And so Father, we pray with Ashley. And we ask you, God, reveal. Let her see what you see. Let her see what you see. And let her agree with what you say about her. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Ashley. Trev? Good afternoon and morning, everybody. Um, I just wanted to say thank you all for the words that have been coming because they have really been blessing me today. And I wanted to just say to our KHAO family, you are beautiful. You are the masterpiece. And I thank God that your beautiful love hearts and who you are, I'm able to be in that and a part of that and to receive how beautiful you are. Um, initially I was going to be in the air at this time and Holy Spirit was like, no, you need to stay in New Jersey until Monday. And, uh, and you can't miss fellowship on Saturday. And I see why I see what God is doing. Um, and I thank God. And there's some other reasons why the Holy Spirit had me stay, but it was very important for me to be with my, with my family today, with, with you today, um, who've been holding me up these last few weeks. I thank God. You know, when you doubt who you may be, think about how you have encouraged somebody and lift somebody up and do that for yourself because your words have helped, your prayers have helped just standing by me, asking me if I need stuff when I didn't even know it has painted a picture of how beautiful God's people are, which is showing me the reflection of who, how God sees me. So you have blessed me, you know, pastor, when you said that, 
about the pain and I, I could see the pain because I've seen it several times being in your home. And the beauty of it is I was the woman on the cliff and I was just asking God and pleading with God because the, the pain was so numbing in the last several days. And then God said, come to New Jersey. And I wasn't going to come. And then when I was going to come, another person dies, you know, that was for the pick me up from the airport. And when I got to my aunt's funeral last Saturday, I had to speak at the funeral and I was going to go to the repast and I was going to leave. And then one of our family friends said, no, because you are the light that they need. You cannot leave. Whatever you need, I will get it for you because your family needs you. Then they asked me to pray for them and I prayed for them. And then God started reconciliation of relationships within my family. And we were able to bless God and be in a certain place. And then I had to go to Kareem's family and you know, the reality of him being gone and his mother, and they're going to have a double funeral. And I started praying and asking God, and God said, you still need to go and be with your Kahal family. So Friday, the, the 11th of March, we'll be at the merge. And that's the day that they're going to be buried. But God said, let the dead bury to get dead. I'm doing something for you. I'm doing something for your family. I'm doing something in your lives, all your lives. So I thank God because where I would have been if last year I didn't come in to be in Kahal, the old me, I would have went to the funeral. I wouldn't even have asked God. I would have went to that funeral. And while I know that the way I love those people while they were on this earth, nothing at that funeral can, I can't give them more of what I've already given them because I gave them the love that God had in me. And Pastor T, when you talked about the shame, because there's some stuff going on here that almost put me in a place where I was feeling shame. And I and I had to cast that down today because I know the God that's in me and is strengthening me to be here this morning with you, with you all, to hear your stories, to hear how you are embracing who you are, but know that you are a masterpiece. And collectively, we are a priceless gallery feel of masterpieces that people cannot buy because when I tell you I'm standing on the love that you have provided the support the friendship the prayers the the time out out of your schedules the people sending stuff to my home and just allowing me to be where I am and God is moving and when I tell you I went from being on the floor couldn't get up to getting on a plane and almost passed out in the airport to where I'm standing today and I am rejoicing in God. I'm going to go pray for people and then I'm going to get on a plane and go home and prepare to come to a merge where I know God is going to move. Even if you can't go, we're praying because we're united as a family. And, and all the colors that are running together in our masterpiece, even if there were some shadows, even if you had to erase a piece, even if you have to paint over it, we are beautiful. And I thank God today Amen. to receive Amen. every word. I thank God for all of you and your heart and your openness, your transparency, because to God be the glory. And we're going to walk this thing out. And I thank God for every open door. I thank God for the doors that were shut. I thank God for the people that prayed against every single one of us, because our light is going to penetrate the darkness. It will. Amen. All we got to do is show up. And I thank Amen. God for strength. And I bless every last one of you today in your homes and even people who are not on this call because you are beautiful and you're beautiful. And God's love for us, he saved us over and over and over again. I thank him for choosing me today. I thank him for choosing every one of you today. 
And all I can say is to God be the glory. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I love y'all. Thank you. We love you. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Miss Daphne, thank you. Amen. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Lord. Beautiful, beautiful bald head daddy. Amen. To God be the glory. <laughs> Got me over here just the hallelujah because that was it. <laughs> that was like the cherry on top. Um, I just wanted to actually just absolutely a beautiful word. Um, like, like I'm sure um, Pastor Key knows she has that empty canvas in front of her and then God just, she, as she begins to paint, it just creates. And that's what the word did today. It just created this beautiful full picture. Um, what had stood out for me was, um, you know, shine where you are. At the top of this year, I had um, taken my state uh, law test to be recognized as a stylist here in Nevada. Um, and I, I started work this week in a salon and um got a one-on-one -on -one with i call everybody little babies um she's a, a a younger babe in um christ a younger sister she's younger than me so she's my younger sister in christ um and had a one-on-one -on -one with her and one of the things she had said um she spoke of my spirit being you know really soft as the Lord used me to help her in a course correction because she was going in a one way. She was like, but the way God used you was just so beautiful and it was just so soft. And I was saying, you know, basically what the Lord let you to say that we are supposed to be an extension of who he is, you know, his love, his grace, his mercy, you know, his arms, if need be, you know, it's never supposed to be anything harsh and, you know, where, you know, you kind of feel like you're being beat over the head with a club or the word, you know. So um, I just wanted to say that I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And even going into this, this new place, not having at this moment any visible clients, right, because they on the way, <laughs> having any visible clients, I actually just, you know, survey my territory with the people that's there, the my co-workers, because I know that I'm there on purpose, you know, for purpose, and it's them, you know, and she, the young lady, was definitely just one of those point of agreements um, when the Lord allowed me to speak into her life yesterday. So I just wanted to share that again, always, always just an awesome word. Um, Sister Trev, I'm, I'm lifting you up. I mean, I love you so much. It's just like amazing. I love your spirit, you know, um, and just to God be the glory for us all. Malcolm, I love that. You are a beautiful man. I love when you speak all the time because you speak up for, I believe, all of our men. Um, and you are, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. <laughs> so I can't wait to see everybody um, at the um, merge. This is going to be so exciting. I found out that we got a couple other people that's going to be on the plane with us. I told Tanya, we about to take over our Southwest flight. <laughs> we about to be the rowdy people in the air for the Lord Jesus. This is about to be awesome. So I'm excited to see everybody and um, can't wait just to fellowship. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Miss Daphne. Well, to God be the glory. Anyone else, um, as we're making our way for communion, anyone else? I want to give way. Any of our leadership 
have sensed anything or heard something specifically that goes along with what the message was today or anyone for that fact? Anyone, anyone, if, anyone? If I may, Pastor. Uh, yes. Just as uh, 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 our precious Tardia was speaking, uh, and you were you were encouraging her. I just wanted to add to that encouragement. It may not sound like. Let me turn my camera on. Um, I was eating. I'm so so sorry. Hungry. Okay. Um, it may not sound like an encouragement, but it really is. And the encouragement is simply this: You are going to be rejected. You are going to be rejected. But they rejected Christ. So when you are rejected, just know you are in good company. We all will experience rejection. And I love so much what you encouraged her with is that you, while man may reject us, we are accepted in the beloved and we are accepted by the beloved. God accepts us and all that. That's all that matters. And that, that re-encouraged me, Pastor. That's just yeah. that reminder that he accepts us and that's that's all we need be encouraged, we need. Be encouraged. yes 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 amen amen um pastor t are you able to lead us in communion today i can even though i almost ate up all my body i was hungry that's okay that's okay, okay. <laughs> i saved a little thank you the body. thank you <laughs> thank you uh i hope everybody has their elements um together and uh, I won't belabor the, belabor the moment, just another awesome opportunity to, to come before you, Father, and remember, and remember, and remember you, Jesus, and how you sacrificed, how you laid down, how you took our rejection upon your body and sacrificed your life so that we can live accepted and free healed and hold by your blood. And um, so we take the bread, which symbolizes your body, which was bruised, chastised, spat upon for us. We remember that and we are grateful for your sacrifice for us. So we take this bread and we take it and we eat it in remembrance. And then you passed a cup to your disciples on that last, that last meal that you had together. And you said that in this cup is wine and this wine represents my blood and this blood cleanses. This is the gesso. This is what will blot out all your sins and transgressions that will make you brand new, that will cause you to be able to stand before the, fa the Father pure. So we take this cup this morning in remembrance of the powerful working power of the blood of Jesus and we drink it. Father, we're grateful and we thank you. Amen. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the KHOW podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla at gmail.com. 
That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.